What is up, everybody? Uh, man, I'm so humbled today uh, to have with us Michael Cochran uh, here with us with Cochran and Company. Uh, first of all, I, I, I shouldn't have did what I did off air because <laughs> I got to do it again. I, I, I got to tell you, like, oh, man, here we go. I got to tell you, man, uh, I love your music. I love no, the, the, the thoughtfulness, the way you write, uh, that soul-searching music, as I said before, man, it is a breath of fresh air uh, that you uh, take the time to be as thoughtful as you are with your music. I, I'm, I'm a lyric guy myself, you know what I mean? So, uh, uh, but but I do got to say, man, some of the things that you say, uh, and, and even down my, like, I, even down with, with uh, church, I remember those times, like, I'm never going back to that place. <laughs> and and yeah. so for you to write music where it's like, oh, I was that guy. So I want to start off with, first of all, saying thank you for taking this interview. Uh, and, and secondly, and most importantly, thank you for taking the time to spend God, your time with God and, and write these wonderful lyrics. Uh, but for those who don't know, this is Michael Cochran. I don't know how you don't know. You do <laughs> but I, I want to start with this. When did you fall in love with music? Man, from an early age, first of all, thank you so much for everything you said, and thanks for having me on, man, for real. It means so much. Uh, I, I fell in love with music, man, just my earliest memories. I loved it. Uh, I, there's home videos of me just, like, dancing before I even had memories in the living room to a, a show that was on TV or a music song that was on TV or something, and uh, I just always loved it. My grandparents were always uh, singing. They sang at like weddings and funerals. And my, my grandpa would sing in church. My grandma played the organ and piano in church. And my dad right. could play guitar and sing. And I don't know. I just, I always loved it. Um, took piano lessons as a kid, played drums and did musicals in high school and stuff. It was just like always kind of my thing. I, I never was super athletic. <laughs> so music gotcha. was my thing. <laughs> well, you, I can tell that you play with your heart. Uh, do you, do you have a weapon of choice? Is it guitar? Is it piano? Is it that you know? Is, is there one you stay away from? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, piano is definitely uh, my comfort zone. Uh, I I took lessons as a kid, and then when I began to really take music more seriously in high school, I just cut my teeth watching Billy Joel YouTube videos. <laughs> and Billy just, Joel. That's yeah, it. man, I would just like play and pause, rewind, play, pause, rewind, and figure out how he was playing what he was playing. Yeah, no, Billy Joe, I get it, I get it. Now, I, I do got to ask you this because, uh, you know, I think sometimes we'll we'll focus on you know trying to sound like someone else and this and that. Where did your musical influence come from? Yeah, definitely Billy Joel. Um, okay, gotcha. Love him. Uh, really a melting pot. I, my dad was always playing like the Eagles when I was growing up. And Jam cla bands. Classics, man. Yeah, just uh, Jackson Brown and 70s singer-songwriter stuff. My mom was like feeding me a steady diet of anything from, you know, 80s soft rock ballads to Stephen Curtis Chapman to uh, all kinds of stuff. And uh, my grandparents were like big Southern gospel fans. So the Gaither homecoming videos. <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, I it just kind of all. And then I discovered this band, uh, this vocal group when I was a kid called NSYNC. And I <laughs> loved them, man. And I loved Boys to Men. And so all of that soul and this, the gospel and the, and the classic rock, everything kind of just converged together, man. And it makes so much sense now. 
<laughs> I, I was gonna say like yo i'm like man you really capture you it, it all comes out just the thoughtfulness the way you write and i'm like man this guy gets it he he you you really do get it you really do nail that so I, and one of the things is that i can tell it definitely influenced how you write is that true like, like that you realize that conveying that message and getting these lyrics across were absolutely important because you are a profound writer Man, thank you so much. I, yeah, I, I, I'm all about the lyrics. I love it, and I think my favorite songs uh, were so lyric driven. Um, I, I mean, I love, I, I love, you know, I love Michael Jackson. I love all that stuff where it's more about the vibe and the feeling that you get. But um, you know, I listen to my favorite song, uh, uh, probably of all time, is New York State of Mind, Billy Joel. Yeah. It's just, it's about what he's saying, and 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 how the lyrics make you think and feel. And I wanted to convey that. And I was like, man, if I can write, you know, about what's important to me and my faith in a way that just really grabs people and and takes them on kind of a visual journey too, you know, I definitely wanted to, to go that route. Yeah, yeah. Now, you're going to be on the Hits Deep Tour. Yeah, man, you're, we are. You uh, guys are rocking and rolling already. How is that Yeah, we're going? one weekend down. Yeah, one weekend in. It's really going well. Uh, we've got four shows under our belt. So I think we've knocked a lot of the – rust off so to speak and i mean it's going it's going really good uh the crowds have been great people the i just my favorite thing is seeing the look on people's faces uh throughout the night just they are like they're so excited and they just look so hopeful and so joyful and you know for a couple hours they get to just forget about whatever else is going on and just remember that god is good yeah you know and, and i i gotta tell you man again those lyrics and and your ability to make music uh, that does do that. You you bring people to a place of peace and a place of and, and it's it's so funny because I can tell that every line and every every time you, you when you're writing, I can and the, and the vibe that you do create. That's what it does. It makes me want to say, let me put let me prioritize my relationship with God and make sure that I, I'm putting. Uh, uh, God first, not what I'm fearing, not what I'm afraid of, you know, not any of that. And in running home, you kind of, you kind of discuss that a little bit. What is running home about? Man, running home is really kind of chapter two of my story uh, from first album to this album. And the title track especially is, uh, it's a revisit of the prodigal son story. I mean, a lot of us are familiar with that story. Um, For me, you know, I really, spent so much time worried about returning to the Lord and, you know, after the, some of the mess that I've walked through and, you know, as if God was just waiting in anger and in, and in punishment. And, uh, you know, the prodigal son story ends with the son coming back home. The father sees him runs to greet him. And I think I was just so afraid that the father was going to greet me with a whip and, and, and beat me and punish me for being gone. And that's not how the story goes. The, the father runs to the son, throws a robe around his back, a ring on his finger, and a kiss on his cheek, and celebrates his return. Mm-hmm. And, man, that's that's the welcome home that I received, and that's the welcome home that's waiting for, for all of us when we – whether we've been, you know, wayward for years or just have some things we need to repent of, it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, so check this out. I, I, I feel like sometimes that we put ourselves on God, right? Like, like, cause we know what we deserve. I think that's what it is. It's yeah. like, you know, you know what I mean? Cause we yeah. know, like I tell people all the time, like, listen, I know 
20 minutes before I'm getting ready to flip out that I'm going to do something stupid. I, I know like it's not like sin takes me off guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I know when it's coming, right? And it's like I had 30 minutes to pray, put on scripture. I didn't. You know, like, so 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 then I go, oh man, when I when it comes down to consequences, I do kind of expect God to be like, I'm done with you or I'm disappointed and 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 for you just like just like you said. Uh, but one of the things that gets me about the prodigal son is when he came to himself, when he came to himself, he says that when he came to himself, he said, man, I know I could go back in my father's. So like I, when he realized, like, it's not just so much about him, but when he came to himself, he really thought who his, his father was. And I think sometimes we keep thinking that, we, you know, God's going to treat us the way we deserve to be treated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? man. And, and, and that that's brave of you to even, you know, let me ask you this. Cause it's, and I'm so glad you said that about, about the prodigal son. Why are you so willing to be transparent where in a lot of Christian music, a lot of us, are, like we want to say, everything's great all the time. You're more open to the internal warfare that we experience. What drove you to that transparency? Man, I really think it's been my time in local church ministry. I've been serving at a church for over 10 years now, and I just rub shoulders with enough people, especially young people, to see that I think the days of the facade still connecting with <laughs> people are, yeah. are over, man. You know, I think, I think especially this new generation of people, if it's not real to them, if they don't see – that there's a before and after in people's lives and a journey happening in the Christian faith and us being open about the journey and honest about the mess that we still carry with us. If we're not transparent about that, I think there, I think people just don't want anything to do with it. And I've, I think that when you do get real and raw and you're open and you say, you know what, this is, this is what sanctification looks like. This is what, you know, the, me being saved and, and the time between my salvation and my eternity, there is a whole process that's happening in my heart. Yeah. And I'm not there yet, but I'm not where I was. And I think people need to feel that and see that because it frees them up then to go, okay, well then I'm not a one-off. I'm not a mistake because I feel the same way. And so right. if you on stage singing to me, tell me that you still have problems. Then now I feel comfortable talking about my problems. It's absolutely amazing uh, because you know, obviously stage being higher, we're on the bottom looking up at you. You're the guy that has it all together. You know, <laughs> you're, you're the guy. That now, now, and so, so a lot of times, and then you do feel that because when we go to you go to a secular concert, what do you see? The people you admire and everything, they're above you and they you're watching them. And so for you to, to take the transparency on the way you do is absolutely phenomenal. The other thing that I have to say is I've been doing this for like 20 years, right? It's crazy. Uh, but I do have a little thing that I notice, right? Like I, I notice my brothers and sisters who are awesome, by the way. But I notice the ones that see themselves as celebrities and the ones, <laughs> and the ones that, that don't. You know what I mean? I know there's a difference. And the fact that you and, and, and like so many others, you see yourself not as as well known as you are. I can tell by the nature of your spirit, you still see yourself as the worship leader. Yeah, man. I mean, I, you know, for I mean, I really don't feel like uh, it's so funny. People, people, yeah. I mean, I mean, I so don't because you know, I don't even feel like we're that well known. It's so funny, <laughs> you know. But like, but but I think I do think. I mean, 
it's we my wife and I still live in a small town in Indiana and we serve at our church and it's you know a smaller church and um I just think we got our roots in man and I think that there's enough people in our lives that would call you know bull on it if we started to <laughs> uh if we started to walk around like that I think people would love us and say hey man you know that uh you know we need some humility you know yeah yeah <laughs> so what was it like when you got invited Tell us how did you how did you get on the tour? What was it like when you started to realize something's changing? Was it that you put the first song out? Like when did you know something was changing and in your career was taking this this huge turn? Man, you know, um, we got invited on the tour uh, by Toby uh, in 2019. He had asked us to come on the 2020 tour, and so that was just a huge. Uh, cause we got no Toby through uh, the record label that I'm on, you know, he's uh, the founder of it. Um, but the moment that I realized, Hey, this might be working, <laughs> you know, uh, was on that tour in LA at the forum, the legendary forum. Um, we're playing open up the show and, uh, we had put church out the year before to radio a song called church take me back yeah. and it got played across the country, which was wild. And, but you don't really realize what that means until you get out on the road. And we were playing in the LA forum in the middle of Los Angeles or Inglewood, wherever. And we start that song and everybody stands up and starts singing and like hollering. And wow. I just had to like set back. It was already cool that we were in LA that we're yeah. playing the forum. And that moment, I mean, I try not to like cry. I was like, holy smokes like these people in los angeles california know my song and it's like at that point it's like you feel like the whole world knows it <laughs> you know because no, i no, mean that's exactly <laughs> yeah it, it, and that's what i'm saying is that it wasn't it, the music is one thing it was the lyrics lyrics that resonated like you captured a moment that probably 95% of all believers could relate to whether you're a new believer, whether you've been saved for 60 years, there's these moments where, you, and you put lit like a soundtrack to this place that we all have felt with. And, and that was your introduction to the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, man. And, and I, and I, I, I love that you are uh, so transparent about, being in a small town in this because i absolutely have a heart for artists who feel like you know oh it's impossible you're the story to say hey you can you can make it from that small town and still stay small town you know what i mean you can yeah. make it where the world knows your music and you can come home to your church like the way you balance it out now i do have to ask you this uh about how how people can you know support you and is your website what's your website and put your information out so if you want to download the album i back, back in my day we did buy cds but i know yeah man no kidding yeah uh yeah our website is cochran music uh c-o-c-h-r-e-n music.com love for you to check it out you can see our tour dates you can find links to download the album you can also uh, buy physical cds uh, which are little plastic things that, you know, are read by light. And uh, and we also have vinyls, which I think young people now probably oh, know vinyls dude. more than they know yeah, CDs, they CDs, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so get that, cop that vinyl, you know, get that. Uh, and then uh, I'd love, man, if you people follow us on Instagram, that's probably the best way to stay Yeah, getting kind of social media. 
Yeah, uh, at Cochrane Music, that's my handle, and uh, I'm always posting something on there. Sometimes it's meaningful content. Sometimes it's really dumb. So just come along for the ride. <laughs> no, I, I, no, uh, I, I wouldn't take you off. I don't know how much time you got to go if you got to go, but I know you've been doing this all the time. You're like, come on, man, hurry up. No, man. <laughs> right, so check this out. Check this out. I know that there's pressure that comes with touring and things like that. And one of the things that I try to do is is help those who are aspiring artists kind of know this is also work. This is not just, you know, doing shows. So what is what is a typical day like on tour? Man, honestly, uh, the tour for me is one of the easier parts uh, when we okay. actually get going. Now, in this season, it didn't used to be that way. Um, we really had to work hard to to grow it enough to where I have help on the road now. Uh, but, but man, three, even two years ago, it looked like me waking my butt up early, unloading my merch off the truck, pushing my merch up to the concourse, setting it up for a couple hours, uh, doing radio interviews the rest of the morning, trying to grab a quick lunch, uh, you know, setting my equipment up myself on stage, uh, <laughs> yeah. doing my sound check, coming back up to train in volunteers on the merch table and then coming back down, playing the show, going back up and meeting people after the show, tearing my stuff down. I mean, it was nonstop. And so, um, now most of my work for the road happens, bef uh, before we go on the road. I feel like sometimes I keep my head clearer on the road now. And then my Monday through Wednesday is, um, a lot of just songwriting and, like marketing strategizing with my label and um, it's definitely become a lot more like mind work. <laughs> it used to be a lot more physical yeah. work, but um, it's a lot more mind work now. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Now, how do, how do you feel like, uh, you know, your, how's your relationship with social media? Did Was it easier for you? Like for me, uh, you know, my space, I was like, cool, this is awesome. And then Facebook came out. I was like, okay, now it's starting to look like work a little bit. Twitter came out, and I was like, I quit. Uh, <laughs> I, was like, I quit. Yeah, I'm not man. doing this. And then Twitter, and then, Twitter and then can it be kept a going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then it just kept going. How do you manage so like to keep up with all the social media and all that? Well, I do. I, I get help with some of it. Uh, sometimes, like some of the marketing content and things like that are handled uh, by other entities. But most of the personal stuff, I mean, it's all me. I. Uh, I really don't like social media. If, <laughs> if, if I'm being honest, I don't like, there's so yeah. many great things about it. I mean, let me, let me, let me caveat that. I, mean, I got can, you, man. It can be what you make it. It really is special stuff like this online. I mean, there's great things out there. It's great connecting. It's awesome. But I think the, the, the negative to it is what it can do to us as a society in our mind. And it can really make us think about ourselves more than we need to more than what's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And think about what other people think of us. You know, how many likes am I getting? I mean, that's not healthy in any other part of society is to worry about how much people like you, but we just accept it for social media. So I don't like it. It's a, kind of a necessary evil. I do love uh, connecting with listeners and fans. I love that part of it. I love comment, seeing people's comments and commenting back and messaging that part's really cool to me. So that's what energizes me to keep doing it. Cause sometimes it definitely feels like, man, I just feel like I'm promoting myself so much and that can't be healthy. <laughs> you no, know? Right. no, I got you. I got you. No, I, I, it makes total sense. Um, so, and, and with that being said, with going back to the whole church content, you can, you kind of see the effects that, that, that social media has on our young people as well. Uh, in their yeah. Ability. yeah. 
I, I, I can totally get that. I, can, I totally get that. I think there's balance. You know, it's all about balance. I think that it's become such a part of society. It's, I mean, it's, I'm sure there was people that didn't like the, the, the telephone back in the day, you know, like, uh, but I think, you know, altogether, it, it can be really good if you make it good. No, I, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. You know, you know, uh, one of the things that I think about, I love the fact that artists are able to be discovered that normally wouldn't be discovered uh, yeah. because everything was controlled by radio television. <laughs> and that was it. So now it's like you can you can really find out who, who's out there. Um, and, I, and I know that you were talking about uh, Billy Joel being one of your influences and uh, and boys to men and, and all that. And so you pretty much love just music. Basically, that was your thing is that you fell in love with music. Uh, I would love I would love to say I would love to ask you, you know, when you when you knew uh, your love for music, did you know that fashion was going to have to come behind that? Because, man, you got the thing. You got the eye. You you get up there. and You dude, seriously. You, man, you, you got, are too kind. You are so yeah, kind. <laughs> you, man, you make me look like a chump, man. I'm like, dude, this guy got it. He's got the thing. You got, like, you you coordinate. <laughs> oh man. Well, that is sometimes it's accidental. Maybe it's uh, I don't know. I you know it is funny the, especially in today's day and age, the average artist is so much more than a singer songwriter performer. I mean, it really is. You got to have a some kind of a social media mind. You got to be thinking about what you look like on stage. You got to be able to kind of promote yourself. Like there's so much more to it than just, I mean, you know, I kind of think about the old guys. I'm like, you know, I don't know if Tom Petty would make it today, <laughs> you know, like That's a good point. I don't, I don't know if he'd be doing everything it took to, you know, to, to make it roll. I mean, maybe he would, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely get help with it. My wife's got a good eye for, uh, for fashion, and so uh, she, now I know the culprit. I'm yeah, like, there it is, right there. She doesn't. She doesn't let me leave the house looking looking like a, an idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though I'll, I try hard on my own, though. <laughs> to do that. Yeah, I, listen, it's not in me. People actually just give up on me. They're like, Duke's gonna be Duke. He just, yeah, because I, I don't have it. I don't know what matches. I don't know. But man, when I'm like, dude, you can throw on a, you put on a jean jacket, man, and I'm like, this guy's got the. You, you, like, you can't you go wrong everything. with classic, man. Oh, <laughs> you you get the whole vibe. Uh, so so I do have to ask that there is a very bluesy feel to your music. Is, was that a part of your growing up to the blues? Was that did that have any? I'm just saying I really feel yeah, that vibe. I mean, you. some. I mean, I definitely loved Ray Charles as a kid, um, but it definitely came later in the journey. I mean, I was a big. I'm a big Need to Breathe fan. You know, and they're kind of a convergence of all kinds of influences. And, there you go. Um, I played my first uh, band that I put together was like a cover band, and we played kind of the bars and corporate gigs and all kinds of stuff. And so, like four hour sets of everything, you know, and a lot of blues. And I got really into like uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan at one point in time. <laughs> and I mean, I just I love music so much, so I'm always going from one thing to another. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it, man. I get it. Well, listen, I know. Now, listen, I can talk to you all day. Uh, I, don't want, I, don't I can, I can, I got so many questions. I can talk to you all day. Uh, and then, and I, I do want, uh, I always have to ask this for those who want to be uh, up and coming uh, artists and, and uh, who, who they, 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 they always tell me to ask certain questions. And one of the questions I always kind of told to ask is like, how do you, how do you not lose your fire when 
you have to do like a routine set. Uh, and the particular person was talking about, you know, feeling like uh, at church they have a routine versus, you know, and, and it gets kind of old. It's like, man, I'm losing my passion because this routine is not letting me. And how, they, also, they wanted me to ask you, how do you, uh, how do you deal with the routine and keep your passion and keep your fire? Yeah. Yeah. How do you fight burnout? Right. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I mean, for me, it's a constant reflection of why I'm doing it. Um, cause there's definitely like the, the tedious sides of, of this artistry and, and my, my local church ministry and all of that. And I think when I start looking at it, for any other reason than, than a calling. And when I start viewing it outside of, of the, the love that I have for it, it can start to be daunting and it can start to feel really rote. Um, but when I remember why I'm doing it and for me, one thing that helps me a lot is seeing emails and messages from people like, Hey, your show last night really did this for me. Or I heard your song on the radio and it really did this for me. Um, and it's like, it's a reminder of, okay, all right. It's not about the money. It's not about how bad we did at merch the night before or whatever it is, you know, all the negatives that make you feel kind of jaded over time. It's, it's, or it's, it's about those connections and, and what you're doing matters so much. And for people at the local church level, you know, it's like so many people poured into me in my churches growing yeah. up and they, and they had no idea how they were affecting me. And they probably were so uh, disheartened in their ministry at different times in their life. And I think uh, it would have been helpful for them and for anybody to, to realize God is working even when it feels routine, even when it feels mundane. When you're in ministry, God's doing something eternal. And, and it may not always feel like it's special, but it is. And so, yeah. uh, you know, hopefully that they're able to to remember why they do it and and you know, maybe God will bless them with those moments of, of getting to see some of the fruit, you know, cause that always helps is you know, sometimes you feel like it's fruitless. And so when God moves the veil back a little and lets you see the fruit of what you're doing, the fruit of your labor on, on some kind of scale, that's always encouraging. Yeah. Now I do got to ask you this because you just talked about walking out on stage and first of all, being in, you know, to come on Toby Max level, uh, label being like, signed to his label and uh, going from a little church, there's this uh, thing called fear that will try to tell <laughs> you you can't make it. How did you deal with that initial fear that this was going to happen, that this is really happening? And, you know, like how did, how did, first of all, how did fear try to stop you and how did you deal with it? I mean, there's definitely uh, the, you know, the fear up front of, you know, anytime you put effort into something, there's the risk that it doesn't work. And, and, you know, you feel like a fool or you feel like a failure or whatever. And it's always sometimes easier not to try, uh, especially if you have a fear of rejection, you know? And so that was definitely up front. It's like, you know, what if I, you know, it's easy to look back on something and go, well, it didn't work out because I never really gave it my all. And you can kind of cop out on that, you know, but when you really give your all to something and you really try, there's that risk that it doesn't work. And then what can you hide behind if you really, really tried? Uh, so that's, I think there's that fear of putting yourself out there like that. 
And I had to come to a place where it's like, you know, all fears aside, I would rather look back at my life and go, I gave it everything and, and I have nothing to look onto except for the Lord didn't will it rather than, you know, man, I just, I was too scared to really try. I, I, I always tell people the, the main reason you can't give in to fear is because it will haunt you. It's not like it just stops because mm. you didn't yeah. do it. It follows you. It haunts you. And then it turns on you. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, you should have did. You should. You know, like, that's the worst part is when it turns on you. Uh, and, and, uh, and, you know, th those moments of fear, I, I try to just encourage people. These are the moments where you wrap yourself, where you wrap yourself in prayer. You know what I mean? Uh, and so I, I got to ask you, how do you time? How do you find time to get in prayer? How do you find that time to do that? Um, it's not always easy. Uh, I, I just try to be intentional about starting my day with prayer. Um, so for me, sometimes it's as simple as like in the shower, I'm praying. Um, and I know that, I, you know, the, the main goal is to have, you know, uh, undistracted time with the Lord. But sometimes, you know, I, I do good to, to have multitasking time, time with the <laughs> Lord, you know. Um, I pray when I'm driving a lot of times. Sometimes it's like, Lord, help me not to, you know, open my car door into this person next to me or something. You know? <laughs> but like, you know, uh, I just try to make little moments and I really, the past probably four or five years, I've been trying to be intentional about having like a ongoing conversation with the Lord throughout the day. Um, rather than just simply, you know, time here, time there. I, I feel like if I kind of keep, keep him on the line, so to speak, and don't hang up, you know, then it's easier when I think of things just like, and also God, would you just, would you help me with this or, or, or this person here uh, rather than, than thinking it has to be some ceremonial you know, I dial in and I, you know, uh, yeah. this, you know, this, I mean, I, nothing against the prayer clause. I think those are special times, special things, but, uh, it may not be realistic for everybody. No, I think that is going back to what you said about this, this, this particular generation is hungry on a different level where they want God a part of their reality. It's like, it's almost like if we're going to do it, let's do it. Yeah. 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 For yeah. Sure. I think they've become disenfranchised with so many things around them. Because uh, I, th I think that they're just such a exposed generation to so many things so young. They've been through so much already. They can just smell when things are not genuine, you know. <laughs> and uh, I think it's important to model uh, a genuine faith for everyone. Yeah. And the, the and I, like I said, I know you got to go, uh, but I, I want to let you know, man, that we are here for you at Current FM. Uh, if you ever need us for anything, man, we got your back. Thank you so much for everything man. that you do. You are absolutely amazing. Um, and I t and I, I got to tell you something, man. I, you know, uh, uh, I every time I watch you, uh, watch one of your videos, and watch you uh, sing, and and you, it's like it's almost like you're seeing it for the first time. And, and I just, I thank you for being so sensitive, not just to the spirit of God, but to other people like, Hey, they may, let me give it my all because they may not have heard it. Uh, they yeah. may have not, no, no, you know, so I think, thank you for being so genuine. Uh, and, and you just got such a great spirit, man. So you got, you got a family here at WJLZ current FM, man. uh, and just make sure, you know, and I, when I say that, I mean, I actually mean that I'm not just another <laughs> DJ. I'm like, you, we really do love your music. We really do love you. Uh, and you, you, you want, I'm going to put up the dates for the tour again. Hold on. 
You know the wrong age. So here's the dates for the tour. So when you're in, uh, they'll be here in the Hampton Roads area in Norfolk, Virginia, at the Chartway Arena on February 26th. Is this your first time here? Yeah, man. I don't think I've played Norfolk before. Oh man, it's gonna be awesome. So this is this is gonna be great. This is gonna be awesome. You know, hopefully we can connect and find some time to get you to come to the studio or something. I don't know. You already got. I know it's busy out there, but this yeah, guys, this has uh, been an amazing interview. Thank you so much, brother. Man, if you, again, if you need anything, you know to come. WJLZ Current FM, we got you, man. Uh, and and I tell you what, you guys, you got his website. It's CochranMusic.com. You know, keep updated because I'm pretty sure you're. You're in the studio working on new stuff all the time, you know. Yeah. About I do have to ask you one more question before we go. Just one more, one more. <laughs> like, are you how, like how critical are you before you release this song? Because you seem like the type. <laughs> uh, like how how much do I scrutinize over it? You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I definitely do, man. I mean, for this record, we had I wrote probably fifty songs, and we had a whole batch of songs we felt good about, and then. I was like, you know what? No, throw them out. We're going to write more. <laughs> we're going, we're going to write different ones. Yeah, yeah, dude. I totally knew you were like, this is a hit. This is it. We're going to do it. It's like, nah, nah. Yeah, I, I knew yeah, you were like, keep that. mining. You got to keep mining till you get to the gold, man. <laughs> gotcha, man. All right, well, everybody, man, thank you so much. Yeah, man, it, you, you've been a blessing. This is CochranMusic.com. Hits deep. Make sure you check out the tour on his website. Make sure you check. It. Make sure you come to the tour, February twenty sixth, Charway Arena. You're here with Michael Cochran. I'm Duke White, WGLZ Current FM. Uh, thanks to our sponsor, Save Your Connect. God bless you guys.